This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So welcome everyone to New Church Live. And, and today, as I was saying, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's been a rough couple of weeks for a lot of people. And, and I know that some people haven't had that and some people have. And how do we, how do we sort of do that? How do we sort of wrestle with times in life when the pain is just too much? Those times, whether you're in it now or not, do come. I think all of us have had that experience, right? It's, it's a universal one where, where we can just become overwhelmed. And one of my goals this year was starting the new year was, was how do we sort of start it in a way that has some gravitas to it? Because I, I think it's so easy to get into the new year and be like, hey, it's going to be the best year ever. When you're 51, that doesn't work so well. Because I know the year will have parts that are just amazing. Who knows? Maybe I'll get to meet Oprah. You know, like, like the year will have great parts. And will it have hard parts? Yes. Yes. Will it have painful parts? Yes. Will it have blessed parts? Yes. And that's the way I think we can go into 2017 with that sense of what the year ahead is going to be. Now, I want to start with a, with a poem here of source by one of my favorite poems, Christian Wyman. He does, writes a lot of literature. And it's, it's a beautiful one. And you have to think of these words in light of uh, two people caught in a prison, and there's a wall between them. And he uses that as an example for, for how we can maybe look at pain a different way. And this is what Wyman says. The wall is what separates them, meaning the two prisoners but it's also the only means they have for communicating. It's the same with us. I'm gonna have you say the L word on this last line because I think it's so important. It is the same with us. Beautiful, beautiful line of, of words there. Every separation is a, every separation is a link. Isn't that interesting, right? Because we know that when, when rough stuff happens, we tend to have, you know, one of two reactions. Part of us, you know, tends to want to flee, to, to, to pull away from it, to isolate, to crawl under the bed. There's another part that maybe wants to lash out, that's angry, the old fight-flight thing. But then there's this other part that wants to link, that wants to connect, that wants to find other that somehow knows that that is part of the answer. His quote goes on to say this, I approach the anniversary of my cancer diagnosis. As I approach whatever pain is ahead of me, I'm trying to get as close to this wall as possible. I love that image, as close to this wall as possible. And I am listening with all that I am. Can we say that last line together? And I am listening with all that I am. It's a beautiful line. I think about that, like instead of this reaction to kind of go and hide under the bed, instead of this reaction to lash out in anger, can I lean in? Can I lean in? Can I lean into that wall? Can I listen? Not with an agenda, not with self-consciousness. Can I lean in and listen with all that I am? with all that I truly am. I think that's where healing can start to take place in some small ways. And again, healing, different from curing. 
but a healing. A healing can start to take place in that spot. So I wanted to, to sort of set this up. I want to read to you a, a beautiful story. Uh, again, like a lot of stories in the Bible, I'm going to say for today, this one's my favorite. And uh, it, it is a beautiful one. I always thought it was kind of cool as a kid because it dealt with fire. And uh, it's a story about Moses. And, and Moses, you know, a little background, because not everybody in here is, is, you know, knows every story about the Bible. This is a story about Moses. Moses had been up here. He was a, this is a story, you know, 4,000 years old. Moses had been way up here, way at the top of Egyptian society. And then life falls apart for him. He finds himself sort of a wandering shepherd working on his, his father-in-law's uh, farm, so to speak. And then he gets called to go back. He gets called to go back. When he gets called to go back, he gets called to go back because he gets called to free his original people, the children of Israel is the way they're referred to in the Bible. The, the Israelites gets, gets chosen, so to speak, to release them from slavery. And that's the story we're picking up today. Again, for those of you who are following along with the Bible, it's Exodus 2. The Israelites groaned in their slavery, cried out, and their cry for help because of the slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. So look at the words there. We got groaned, we got cried out. We got, we got, we got those two things. And again, put yourself in that place, groaned, crying out. And then the story goes on. All of a sudden, it talks about God hears this, and then it switches. It switches the narrative to Moses. He's out taking care of, of, of sheep. He's out taking care of the flock. And this is what happens next. And it deals with this beautiful picture here. Now Moses led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, in other words, this desert, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of a fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. And again, a whole sermon in there, like he notices this bush burning, which would be strange, but what's even more strange is not being consumed. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And that's what God always does, always calls us by our name. And Moses said, here I am. Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing in is holy ground. Now the story goes on from there to this next line. I have indeed, could we say the S word there? I have indeed seen, I have indeed seen. So we have God, God's heard it. God's heard it. He's heard these, these, this groaning and this suffering. I have seen the misery of my people in Israel. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned. I'm concerned about their suffering. So seen, heard, concerned. In other words, God's saying like, I get it. I get it. Next line. So I have come down. Let's say this word really loud. So I've come down to, to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, when you look at the words that are used there, God's saying, I've seen, I've heard, I'm concerned, I'm there to rescue. I mean, just imagine somebody coming in to, to any traumatic situation, much less God, and they're like, look, I, I've, I hear you. I hear the suffering. I hear the pain. 
hear the pain of these people and and I'm going to go rescue them. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go rescue them. What might go through your head right at that moment? When somebody very powerful says, hey, I'm going to go rescue them. What might go through your head? Shout it out. Pardon? Be careful. Thanks. Yeah, I I could do the thanks. Like, thank you, God. I'm so glad you're doing that. I'm so glad you're here to take care of them. I'm so grateful that you're here to rescue them. I'm so glad that you heard. And God throws a big curveball. So now go, I am. Do you guys get that? I'm sending you. (laughs) Just imagine Moses going like, Yeah, you. In the midst of pain and suffering, quick quiz, in the midst of pain and suffering, this takes you back to 10th grade, Teresa. In the midst of pain and suffering, God says, please fill in the blank, I am sending you. Something to sit with. I am sending you. So, What is it that we know then from this story? What is it that we know from this story? Well, think about these three things. And as the band comes out, I want you to think about them. And then we're going to talk about like what it looks like on the back one. First, God is aware. God sees, hears, and shares our pain and our suffering. That's really key. Shortest line, shortest line in the whole New Testament is when, when Jesus com- is confronted by the death of his good friend Lazarus, and it says really simply, he wept. God's heart, always the first to break. God is aware, God sees, God hears our pain and our suffering. The second part, there is a promise. We are offered, please say the S word there, there is a promise. We are offered a sense, a sense of a reimagined future, held in love, worn by hope, even in the midst of continued pain. We sit in that pain, and, and, and even in the midst, even when it feels so dark, there's always, you know, there's, there's just this little tiny, sometimes so small, we can barely, barely see it. This little sense of like, and there's something else. And there's something. That sense, I think, folks, and again, I want to be clear on this, that sense sometimes can be painful because life can be here, and the sense is here, and the distance between A and B is something we call pain. I mean, the reason why it pains us when loved ones are hurt is because we loved. And we love. That sense. And that sense is so beautiful at the same time. And the last, and I have seen and heard, I will rescue them. I say it with me, folks. I am sending you. Beautiful song. And, and the healing, you know, that healing, that healing, the healing has begun. And the idea that, that God has sent you. And it's, it's a different kind of thing where, where God's saying, look, I'm going to rescue them. I'm sending you. And we, I think we have to be careful saying, well, that makes me the rescuer. <laughs> I'm always a little worried about that. But it does clearly point to that God is asking us something here. 
And again, when we think of, of the Bible, uh, you know, as, as a place where, where we get invited to wrestle with these issues of life, to wrestle with spirituality, I think it opens it up. You know, what does that mean exactly? And so what I want to share with you is I want to share with you what has worked for me. I'm not saying it's what works for everybody. This is just what works for me. And, and maybe hold it this way. Like, I think we can look at a globe and we can look at a map. A map is like the step-by-step thing. The globe kind of is the big picture. This is definitely a globe. <laughs> and I want to talk about just in general, like how I, as your pastor, might hold some things when they're really hard. And, and, and I want to honor, they often are. They are in my life, they are in the life, your life, they are in the lives of parishioners, they're in the lives of our online audience. And so much of the question of religion is what you do with your pain. I want to say that again. So much of your question of religion is what you do with your pain. So much of the role of following Christ through this is not seeing Christ as as here to change our mind about, excuse me, Christ is not here, if we think of it this way, Christ is not here to change God's mind about us, but to change our mind about God. Big difference there. Change our mind about God. Because God can feel so capricious, angry, you know, and and I don't think that is the case. I don't believe that is the case. So I think the first thing where I would launch it is just, Take a breath, go in, go out. So let's do that. Take a breath. Go in, go out. Now, what does that going in part mean? Well, to me, it it comes down to pieces like this from New Church Theology. For good people, their deepest spiritual selves are, I'm going to have you say that really short word there, are in, are in, are in heaven and its light. They're out ourselves in the world. So, so, so that starts with just basic, like, how we hold people. Like, there is a part of us that is in heaven, and there's part of us that's in the world. Like, in our job, we, we're supposed to have both feet in both worlds. To think spiritually is to think about how things really are. And, and this is the reality. Like, there's not another reality. This is what it is. We have these two parts. Next slide. I'm going to have you say the, let's pick the is word there. That's a big one. The deepest spiritual self is an angel in heaven. And even while living in the world is unknowingly connected with other angels in heaven. That's known throughout history as the communion of saints. A part of you is part of that, has always been, will always be, to eternity. To eternity. It's interesting, folks, you know, when, 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 you, when you look at that, like when, when hard things happen, pe- people instantly speak of the other person to that angel part. I've done, I've done funerals for really difficult people. And people always speak to that angel part. Yeah, sure, there may be a comment about how difficult they were in some arena, but people speak to that angel part. One of the most moving things I, you know, that I, that I 
have found over the past few years is sometimes on the way home, I'll stop by the Flight 93 Memorial. I've done that a number of times. And I've mentioned this in here before, but I know we have some first-time attendees. And you can listen to phone calls, you know, phone messages people left with loved ones when they knew that the end was near. And, and there, isn't, there isn't one phone call, folks, and they, there isn't one phone call asking for revenge. Think about that. Not one phone call asking for revenge. Every single phone call that I've read about, that I've listened to, always has these three words in it somewhere. What are the three words, folks? I love you. Think about that. Think about that. Human beings at their most stressed moment, most stressed moment, most pain you can imagine, it comes down to I love you. Angels. All around. And here's the amazing part, folks. That part that I'm speaking to that you know of that maybe I can't get great words around. That deepest spiritual self is where we are connected and where we are to center our thoughts and intentions. That's where we're to go in. That's where we're to go in. That's that place that we are to find. And I think maybe that place looks a little bit like this. I love that picture. I hope it's not copyrighted, but I love that picture. You know, where, where we go in and it's, it's like it's, it becomes a lighthouse. And God is the lighthouse. And we get to be part of that too because we're centered there. And, and the lighthouse just is this beautiful thing. It just gives light. Gives, gives a sense of like a, a groundedness. We're not flailing away with panic and anxiety where we're deeply, deeply centered in a very, very meaningful place. And, and notice again, folks, like it, it's, that's not the rescuer mentality. I, I've said this quote in here before, but it seems incredibly appropriate today. Anne Lamott famously said, no lighthouse ever saved anyone running around a beach. You got to think about that for a minute. I think this is really it. Like it, it centers in and it becomes this light. That's where we start to move from. We go into that place, and then we go out. And my experience, my experience is this, and it gets to this next question, is that people kind of know what's there. And I'm gonna, we're going to be coming around with the microphone here. What do you know is at that deepest center when the pain is too much? Like, what do you know? So just take a breath. You don't have to think I have to say anything really profound. It's not just what do you really know? So let's get some volunteers. If you could raise your hand, I'm going to come around and get some answers here. Strength. Strength. Incredible amount of strength that's there. Who else wants to give me an answer? Hope. Hope. Perseverance. Perseverance, perseverance, strength, hope, perseverance. Surrender. Surrender. Oh, that's a good one. So, so there's strength, hope, surrender. And somehow strength and surrender go together, but it kind of makes sense how they go together, right? Like in this weird way that that happens there. I am not alone. 
that profound feeling that I'm not, I'm not alone. I mean, just look around for a minute. That I'm not alone. I know if I gave up what I wanted and accepted what is, my problem would be solved. That's so good. <laughs> that simple just acceptance of what is, of what is. Please give everybody a quick round of applause there. And just so you guys know, one of these days I'm going to be running around, I'm going to trip on the steps, and you do have permission to laugh when that, when that happens. So folks, those are all the things we know, right? Strength, hope, love, perseverance, surrender. Like, I'm just going to give up what my agenda is and just, just live in what is. And that's that, in this weird way, what Glenn's talking about. He's talking about that when we, we are surrendering ourself, but it's the self with a small s, that allows the bigger self to come out. The real self. The angel self, if I could be so bold as to say it that way. Now, from there, folks, we can go out. So, as a pastor, I try to get to that place. Because it doesn't help anybody if somebody comes to me in pain or unsure about how the world's going to work, and I go like, oh, it's worse than you think. Let me tell you, it's not going to really help them to go, well, just, you know, I had it worse last year. Not going to help. I want you all to notice this. Notice, I'm not even going to put my hands up. How many of us have been given bad advice sometime when we've been really grieving? Please raise your hand. A lot of us have. And that's what we need to be careful of. But if we go to that centered place... What I really believe is God will start to use you in very unique ways. God may start to use you in offering a perspective that's really helpful. God may start to use you just in listening. As Christian Wyman said, with listening with all that I am. And again, that's where it starts because we have to listen to God with all that I am. God, I am listening with all that I am. It may be that somehow you just get a sense that it's not the right time to be present with a family. It's not the right time to necessarily do anything. It's the right time to go home and take a nap. Believe it or not, that might be the right answer sometimes. If we're making it from that centered place, I think that's where God can work easiest and work through us in ways that can be a miracle. Now, we take through that, that listening with all that I am. Christian Wyman's, I'm listening with all that I am. I'm surrendered. I love that word out there. I'm surrendered. I'm a lighthouse. I'm, I've pulled in. I've pulled in. I'm not making the panic or the drama worse. I've pulled into that part. Now I can go out. But the going out, again, like it's different. It's not like I'm going out to conquer Please listen carefully to this. I'm not going out to rescue. I'm not going out to rescue. I'm going out to simply be. And how that shows up, we have, you know, 250 people with us today show up 250 different ways. 
But I want to show you a video here, and I want you to see two people, and they're both both in an immense amount of pain. And it's it's a police officer out in a small town in Iowa, and they, they just have gone through a tragedy where they've lost one of their officers. And it's a woman who comes up to him with, of all things, an offering of bottled water. Very short little clip. And you're going to see them kind of leaning in, coming up to this wall, listening. And again, it doesn't look like listening, but it really is listening with all that I am. And you just get a sense of, of, of how incredibly powerful the small gestures can be as we wrestle in times when the pain is simply too much. Take a look at this video. Not behind and I want you to go home to your family because I want my dad to come home to me and I want my friends to come home to me. And I'm sorry, and I'm here for you all. I don't know how else to help or what else to do. Your prayers are all with you. Thank you, and I will. I will be praying. Thank you. Please go home to your family. God bless you. But you can see, you know, you can see, I'm going to move over here for a minute. What you can see is you can see people moving in. There's that going in. There's that getting closer. There's that going to that angel self, knowing that there's part of us that lives in the world that's, you know, like I I think about that woman. I mean, if I'm her, there's part of me that's going to be going like, great, I got bottled water to give the guy. You know, what am I going to say? I hear that all the time. What am I going to say? And yet there's that part of her that just knew. And a part of her that resonates with that part of him, going back to Christian Wyman's words, that understands that the separation is a link. Isn't that amazing? It's crazy. That separation becomes a link. And that that link, if we go into it, I'm going to listen with all that I am. And if God tells you, you know, take water, give it to the cop, give him a hug... That's what you do. And I realize it's really muffled. This was, this was caught on a, you know, not a high quality video. It's really muffled, but guess what three words she told the cop? I love you. You see, listen. We get that we're sent. We get we got to go in. We get this very still place where God is, angel, that angel part of us that's in heaven, we, we settle into there. We lean in as best we can as God gives us to see it. What happens to the wall, folks? What happens to the wall? Disappears. It totally goes. As Dan sang in our second song, we lift the veil. And we only have a moment there. Like, we only have a moment there. That video's 60 seconds. But those 60 seconds can be the transformative parts of our lives and transformative parts out there into the world. As we make the decision, listen carefully. Please listen carefully. Please listen carefully. Where we make the decision not to transmit pain, but to transform pain. Not to transmit pain, 
but to transform pain. And when the wall comes down, it doesn't work. When the wall goes up, when we lift that veil, she said it the other way around, when we lift that veil, that's what starts to happen. We start to be able to transform things. Because, folks, we know life, you know, in 2017, it's going to have days where the lighthouse, where it feels like this. It's going to have days like that. You know that. It's also going to have days where it feels like this. Wouldn't you love to hang out in that lighthouse? Know that you have that in you. All of you have that in you. What a gift to bring and to bring out there to the world. And then the question starts to move. And this was courtesy of a a dear friend here in the congregation. The question then starts to move. It starts to move from why. Why did this happen? Why did this occur? How could God have done this? Into a how, God, am I going to get through this? Why did this happen to how am I going to get through this? And you start to answer, you start to ask that how question. Other people are going to help you to answer it. They're going to help you because they're connected. Ready, ready folks? They're going to be able to help you because they've been there too. They've experienced that as well. That understanding that God is sending you. So, in closing, our takeaway is this. As we lean into this new year, I will listen with all that I am. The takeaway, I will listen with all that I am. So let's say that together. I will listen with all that I am. Bring that spirit, especially when the pain, when the pain feels too much. What we're going to do is we're going to actually close the service a, a little bit differently today. And Ray, I'm, I'm improving here, Ray, so just pay attention. So, so the improv is this, is, is I have a poem that I really would, would love, love, love to share with you folks. And I, what, what I'm going to do is, is this, is, is I'm going to say a prayer, and you know, we'll have some noodling underneath. And then before we launch into the last song, before we launch into the last song, uh, Teresa is going to join me up front. We're actually going to read a poem together, line by line, a very short poem that I think has some meaning. Then we'll go into the last song. I, I want to say, you know, the, the last song, the, the whole the band does such a wonderful job, week in and week out, at what they do. And 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 this song got sent along, and it was such a powerful song. I said, "Wow, that's the whole sermon." And sometimes songs are to set up the sermon. And this last song you're going to hear Rebecca does a wonderful job with. The band does a wonderful job with. It's really a song where the whole sermon is to set up this song. So I hope you enjoy it. So please join me in prayer. Then you'll have a moment just of quiet meditations and music plays. Then as the music is still playing, Teresa and I are going to read through this poem. And then the band will sing its last song with you. God bless. So Lord, thank you for your presence among us today. And Lord, we are here today listening with all that we are 
seeking, Lord, to go in to that place, the place inside of us that is calm and centered, where we know strength, courage, hope, surrender, that we are not alone and that we can accept life on life's terms. That lighthouse place. Allow us to center our lives there. And allow us, Lord, to find ways to lean in from that place. That still place. The place that always knows that you, you are God. Amen. A single light in a darkness stood and shone. One place, one point of light, small, but there, calling us home. And I am listening with all that I am. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 